Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Seavers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad that you could join us, and we are here with a very special guest, uh, the lovely Tina Lahari. Uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to be an official guest. Uh, yes, official. Sometimes we get unofficial drop-by guests. That's usually my wife. Uh, so a planned, a planned guest is a good thing. So Tim, uh, when did you plan this? When did my wife get on the show? What's going on here? What? You did, she didn't tell you? <laughs> well, we, let, it'll yeah, work out. I'm sure it's be good. People. We've planned <laughs> this for a couple of weeks now. We and, have. I'm just having a little fun. Yeah, we invited uh, Tina to come on the show because she is very passionate about helping people with their finances in a way that helps them live in a healthy way, that helps them uh, honor God and their family and their communities. And um, because we are in the midst of unprecedented times here in America and around the world, and uh, people have, because of the coronavirus or the COVID-19 uh, quarantine or stay home, stay safe, whatever, whatever it is that they're calling it, wherever you are watching this, listening to this, because of that, we have some unique circumstances. There are people who have been laid off and people who are furloughed. There are people who are working extra hours. Um, it all just depends on your situation. And that means that it's more important than ever that we take a look at handling our finances. And so Tina's been great at that. And she's one of our, our advocates here at the church and in our community for uh, Financial Peace University and trying to get help people get to a place where they can have peace with their finances. And so we wanted to give her some, uh, some airtime, so to speak, so she could help us in the midst of this crisis kind of come to... Uh, hopefully give us some ideas and some, some uh, suggestions for what we might do in this time uh, on a, on, for people in various circumstances. So what's, I just, I'm tired of talking and I'm no <laughs> good. So uh, let's just turn it over to Tina and have her, I mean, yeah, just go Tina, tell us what okay. we should do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it is a joy for me to get to help people a little bit with finances. I'm sort of what you, I, I guess, a type A personality where I like to have things kind of neat and orderly. And so finances really falls right into that. It's something I enjoy balancing the books, if you would. Um, type A so for awesome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I will remind you later that you said that, dear. Um, so yeah, um, as some of you probably know, hopefully most of you know, that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, our government is uh, sending us some uh, stimulus checks. Most Americans um, are going to get about $1,200 per adult and, up, and $500 per child up to three children in the fa family. So. Uh, families of five could qualify for $3,900 coming your way, and a single adult, $1,200 coming your way. And those should be coming soon. Uh, some people have already, I think yesterday, the first deposits were made into people's accounts. And it, if you filed taxes for 2018 or 2019, 
uh, you should be seeing those payments come in pretty soon. So that's amazing. And a lot of people are asking, uh, what should I do with that money? So I thought we would just talk about that a little bit. And the quick answer is what you should do with that money is different depending on your financial circumstances. So about uh, CNN says that about 16.8 million Americans have filed for unemployment in the last three weeks. That means that a lot of you have lost your, your incomes. And uh, first of all, I'm so sorry. I understand what a terrifying thing that is to know that uh, you've lost your money, your income isn't coming. So these checks can really be an amazing blessing for you. Of course, there are some people whose incomes have not been affected. There are people that are still working out there and I know that they feel blessed uh, to still be getting that income. And then there are some Americans who are actually working more than ever. Some places have mandatory overtime in these last weeks and you may have actually more money coming in than you're used to. So depending on where you are financially, which one of those three categories you find yourself in, it's gonna change a little bit what I might recommend you do with those stimulus checks. So the first thing you wanna do is gather all the information. Okay, how much money do you have coming in? Is your paycheck the same? Is it more or is it non-existent? It could be in the middle, you know, if you've got more than one job, it could be you've lost one job, but you still have the other. So you need to do a little bit of work to figure out how much money you have coming in and then how much you'll be getting with the stimulus check. And then the second thing you need to do is the part that a lot of Americans don't enjoy doing, and that's looking at your expenses, right? So um, there's never been a more important time than right now to be on top of your finances. And that means taking a piece of paper and writing down all the places your money needs to go. You're gonna start with what we call the four walls, which are the things you need to pay to keep your family um, safe and cared for. So that's gonna be like your rent or your mortgage, your electricity, your water bill, your phone bill, and then food, you need to feed your, your babies, and then uh, your transportation. So if you have a car payment, there's your car payment and your gas. Um, so those are gonna be the first things that you need to take care of. And then all of the other things come after that, you know, your internet and, and um, all the other expenses that we have. So you need to take your income, which is your regular money, plus the stimulus check, and then all of those places uh, where your money wants to go and see where you are at that point. Do you have enough to, to get caught up if you've been behind at all in your rent? Maybe you missed your rent payment in March and now you've got two months to pay in April. Well, your stimulus check would be awesome to help with that. So you need to make sure you get those four walls caught up. Does that make sense, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah? Okay. So, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's enthusiastic, yeah. Well, that, Pay no that attention to Corey. Pay attention to Tina. <laughs> <laughs> that moves it.
us on to the next thing that you would do with your stimulus money if you're able to get caught up on all those important monthly um, expenses. And that's something I like to call an emergency fund. Some people call it a rainy day fund. But an, how, what percentage of emergencies are planned? Um, zero, right? Six I months ago. <laughs> Yes, if you had asked those 16.8 million people who've lost their jobs in the last three weeks, if they saw that coming, I, I bet you most of them would say absolutely not. And yet here they are, they're in the middle of an emergency. We all are as a nation. So an emergency fund is money that we set aside to uh, cover our expenses when the money isn't coming in. Uh, right now, that's because of a pandemic. More commonly in life, it's because of an illness or an accident or a car repair. Um, so an emergency fund is an extra added layer of peace. And how big should your emergency fund be? Well, it depends a little bit on your circumstances. Um, you know, if you've been laid off from your work, I know that none of us have a crystal ball but you might need to do a little research, talk to your boss about how long you expect um, to be without work. For some people, it, you might be going back to work in the next few weeks if this stay home, stay healthy order is lifted on May 4th, as we all hope that it could be safely, uh, then you might be back to work soon. But it's possible, depending on where you work, that you may, may be out of work longer, in which case, you need to figure out how much your expenses are going to be uh, for the following month and set aside money from that stimulus check to pay for those four walls, those expenses, until you see yourself going back to work. And beyond that, whether you're out of work right now or not, you need to think about your emergency fund going forward, right? Um, this could end up being a beautiful blessing for a lot of people to fund that emergency fund that maybe they didn't have before. So what I recommend as an ongoing emergency fund, it's still, it depends a little bit on where you are in your financial journey. So if you are getting started, maybe you're a college student and you have very few expenses, a $500 started, starter emergency fund would be great. $500 isn't a lot of money, but it will cover a flat tire or a minor car repair or a uh, co-payment at, uh, at the emergency room. If you have a family and you're still working to pay off some debt that you have, maybe you have student loans or a car payment, $1,000 in the bank will go a long way toward meeting those minor expenses, um, and $1,000 is a good emergency fund. If you're out of debt and you want a fully funded emergency fund, we would say that that is three to six months of your expenses. Now let's stop here for a minute and think about how differently a, an emergency like this pandemic feels if you have six months worth of expenses in the bank. Certainly there's a little less fear that grips you if you have an emergency fund of that size, wouldn't you say so? 
Absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's the whole point of, uh, of why we think that this financial education is so important here is because it brings that kind of, kind of peace and, and that, that we want in our lives. And, and it allows you to control your money instead of letting your, your money control you. And maybe that's not quite the right way of saying it, but uh, when you have that peace, you can, uh, you can choose uh, how you how you spend it instead of letting your circumstances uh, determine what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. I th- I think you say that very well. Um, and I want to be really clear here: if you don't have a large emergency fund, I really don't want you to hear me shaming you or trying to make you feel bad. That's the last thing I want to do. All I want to do is help you think about. Um, how great that might feel in the future and how that's something that you could work toward. And certainly going through a time like we've all been going through this month um, makes that feel very real to us, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't think of a time in my life that's, that's been quite like this. <laughs> uh, but we, see, we see a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of the people that we, that we know are being affected in different ways. And um, the things that you're telling us can help them help themselves and uh, they can help us. Uh, and they can actually, down the line, if, if you get to a place, they can help you help others. Um, That's right, Tim. And that actually brings up my next uh, thing I wanted to talk about here, which is, let's say that you're in the position where you have met all of your monthly expenses, you've been able to pay for those four walls for your family, and you have your emergency funds. Uh, You either already had it in place or with some of this stimulus money, you've got your emergency fund all taken care of and you still have an abundance left over from the stimulus check, well, then you, you're in a beautiful place where you might be able to help others with that money. So if you find yourself with that stimulus check and you think, you know what, my family is really well taken care of right now. Um, I have my emergency fund in place. What can I do with this money to help others who aren't as fortunate as I am? And then that opens so many possibilities. Um, And I'm not going to answer that question for you, but I'll throw a few things out there. Um, You have neighbors and family and friends who maybe aren't as fortunate as you have been through this. And maybe you could uh, buy groceries, pay for a tank of gas, um, meet one of their needs. Or, you know, there's wonderful uh, groups out there doing excellent work right here in our local area. The Palooza Food Pantry, the school and their food pantry. There's other, um, uh, other ministries, other charities here in this area that are helping people. You might be able to um, gift them with some or all of your stimulus, stimulus check and be part of that good work that they're already doing. And um, there are many, many other places that are being affected right now. Um, I think of camps and other facilities that are completely closed at this time and they're, they're missing their revenue opportunities and they're gonna really be hurting. Um, so 
where's your passion? What has, um, what are you excited about helping? And that can help you determine what you would want to gift to. Uh, rest assured, there's going to be no shortage of people, um, organizations out there uh, inviting you to help them. So you might want to think about it a little bit before your check comes. And um, there's no hurry. Spend a little time thinking about what am I passionate about? How do I want to help be, be uh, um, helping people? And then uh, um, where should I best, what am I passionate about and what do I have that I'm able to give and how do those things come together, if that makes sense? Yeah, and I, I, or I was, I was going to say, I, I think too that if you're in that position, taking the um, the initiative to reach out to the places that you already know and support, that's going to be great because there's going to there are going to be people who try to take advantage of others during this time. So choose already where you want your money to go, and then you don't have to worry about the scams because you've already made a choice and. And you can just say, you know, I believe in this and this is what I did. And you can feel good about it and, and mm -hmm. don't let those other things kind of happen to you. I yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I just think if you know ahead of time what you believe and what you're passionate about, like Tina's saying, and I have a bias towards giving more locally. I, I'm not against some of the national organizations that do good work, but in something like this, we can we can see direct impact and make uh, a lot of direct good, you know, uh, by contributing to our own organizations locally. Maybe it's a Whitman County organization or, or something in, in your town. Uh, you know, you can have direct impacts and you're yeah. going to get, there's going to be true phone calls and true mailings. And then there's going to be some, some scammy stuff out there you know so um I, if yeah, just, you if, if you give to something you already know then you don't have to worry about that that's if, right if you're that's initiating right. the contact right and you're like you know what i want to do this and i want to bless these people and help these people and i can do it and so you reach out and you're not waiting for somebody to come to you um i don't know i just thinking right now that maybe that's a great way to to think about it is to be proactive about uh, your giving if you're in that position and and, and just just go for it. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. With that, I think any charitable organization uh, ought to be able to provide you with uh, where their money goes. Some, you know, transparency with their paperwork. If you have any questions about how they're spending their money, they ought to be willing and able to show that to you. I know that, you know, some of the local groups that we're involved with the church, but others, um, make that information readily available. So if it's a familiar place like you're talking about, Tim, or if you have any doubts, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's okay to do that before you, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Um, there are a couple. Um. There are a couple of resources out there I wanted to mention. Um, that are really helpful in this time. Uh, Tim mentioned Financial Peace University, which is a class that Dave Ramsey teaches. Um, our church has hosted that class many times over the last several years. 
right now, and this is not going to last for very long, but right now, if you go to DaveRamsey.com slash hope, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial of all of the Financial Peace University curriculum. So it's, it's a nine-week class, and normally you go through it one class a week for nine weeks. But for two weeks, you have access to all nine classes at home. So you can watch it online. And, uh, you know, maybe you have been laid off for your home right now. You can probably fit nine lessons in the next two weeks. You think, so you think binge watching Dave Ramsey might be better than like uh, Tiger King or what's that thing? <laughs> Tiger uh, It might be better for your budget or whatever. Is it Tiger King? I'm I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's a little bit better for your brain to binge watch the Financial Peace University. Um, yeah, so go for it. Dave is a little loud. He's a little much, but I think you can do it for, for two weeks and get a lot of good financial coaching uh, in that time. And it's, I think it's up to like 200 bucks to take that class. So this is a pretty good value. Um, I would jump on this if I were you absolutely free. Um, the other resource out there that I use all the time is an app on your phone called Every Dollar. And again, that's a Dave Ramsey thing, but uh, there's a free version. Is that a free app? Like the, yeah, a free the, app? well, there's a, free, there's a free version and a pay version. The pay version connects to your bank account. I have used both, and I'll tell you, I like the free one better. So uh, if you put every dollar on your, your phone, uh, you can do a monthly budget. You can change it every month depending on what money is coming in and what expenses you have. And it's just a really good, helpful resource. Um, maybe you get in the habit of doing that right now during this difficult time, and that's a habit that you continue for the, the rest of your your financial journey, and it will help you um, get a grasp on where your dollars are going. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is that, you know, if I can be of assistance with any anything, if you have questions while you're working on your budget or figuring things out, uh, contact the church or um, Tim or Corey will get in for my, my information. I'm happy to have a phone call with somebody if, if you've got questions that I could be helpful with. So. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your willingness to do that, Tina. Yeah, no problem. The, uh, I guess if I could, can I say one last thing? Well, yes, honey, please do. Please do. <laughs> she always gets the last word, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's better that way, Tim. I'm, I'm going to get the last word today, but only because I do the sign off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your last word, Dina? <laughs> uh, all I wanted to say is, uh, I know we're talking about a big subject today. It's finances during a pandemic. And I uh, understand uh, how much fear there can be uh, when it comes to money and if there is enough to meet all of your needs. And one prayer that I have had during this whole time is that um, it, I'm praying it for myself, but hopefully it's true of all of us is that God would really work on our level of contentment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being content with what we have. And I think for most of us, we take a lot of our blessings for granted um, here in America. You know, we have so many. Um, so I've just been, I've been focusing a little bit on uh, Philippians 4 verses 11 through 13, which says, 
Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So I pray that God will bless you and that he will meet all of your needs. And I, I pray that we will be content uh, with what we have. And I've just been so amazed by the community of Palouse that we live in and how we've all um, pitched in to help one another. Uh, the food bank, the school have been amazing at providing food and help for people in need right now. And I just pray that um, God's doing a work in all of us when it comes to giving and sharing and accepting and being content. Amen. Amen. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Pastor Corey, do you have any last words or can you give me the signal to sign off? Or I, I uh, think that was excellent. Thank yeah. you for being on our show, honey, and making it a lot more classy. <laughs> Well, yes. I don't know about that, you but can, thank you for me. You can sign off, Tim. Okay, well, thank you While all. While I'm for, ahead. <laughs> thank you all for listening and watching to the Palouse Church on the Hill podcast. This has been Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey and our special guest, Tina, coming to you from multiple locations here on the Palouse. And we hope you just have a blessed day. Thanks for watching.